Hi, you're listening to episode 26 of the Playing Full Out podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hi there, friends. I'm so glad to talk to you today. I've been away on a small vacation in Wisconsin on a small lake with my family, and we took some time to see things from a new perspective, a new environment. This sheltering in only made the experience that much richer and more appreciated. I'm always the first one to be on the lake in the morning and the last to be peeled off of it at the end of the day. I completely appreciate water and water sports and being playful and giving ourselves permission to sit back. I love writing in my journal and introspection. And so it was just really a fabulous restorative time. And I encourage you all to deliberately choose to do something like that for yourself. Today, though, I'm discussing the topic of decision making. There is likely nothing as important in life as making decisions. If you think about it, decisions change the quality of our lives because when we make a decision, it informs the actions that we take, which create our progress. Many don't know how to make decisions and therefore they don't. We were never taught in school. So a lot of times we'll end up making decisions by default That might be just by letting our subconscious primal brain make the decision, or we will just not make any decision and we'll stagnate and we'll remain stuck. The beauty of decision-making and what decisions do is they inform us of what action to take. And by making a decision, we free up our energy to make other decisions. But when we don't decide, we do remain in a land of confusion and indecision. And I say that not so that decision-making becomes intimidating and overwhelming, but to understand the value of decisions and becoming a master of bold decision-making. We can learn how to make decisions and even more importantly, how to make them more smoothly, more easily without the stagnation. So I thought I'd discuss this with you today because lately in my conversations with a lot of my clients and people who call to talk to me, I hear them telling me that they are confused and they can't decide if they should move forward with an idea for their business. Should they say yes to a position? Should they redirect their work? Should they work with me in one of my programs? Should they speak up candidly to someone? Should they be more vocal on social media? 
Should they sell their house? Should they stay with their spouse? There's all these decisions to be made. Some are smaller, some are larger. And what happens is that people get stuck by not deciding. So today I thought I'd share with you why you may find yourself not deciding, how you can increase the quantity and the quality of your decisions, and again, specifically make them a lot easier. And I I do this so that they don't hold so much real estate in your mind and and that you are able to do more of what matters in your life and more of what makes a difference in the world. Let's begin. I'm going to give you some really practical tips and mind shifts to help you do this. So let's begin. Understand that your optimal state, we are always making decisions. We're making them all the time. And at an optimal time, you're just, you are, you go from something being coming to you to making the decision. Unfortunately, some people make decisions based on past decisions, and then they never really reevaluate their current decisions. You can always reevaluate a decision. What I'm talking about is maybe you've made a decision to be in a certain career or to live in a specific house. You can always reevaluate that decision 10, 20 years later, you can redecide it in a month. You're not locked into anything. And this is really good information to inform the brain, the primal brain, because that no decision is final. There's simply an action to be taken based upon your decision. And then you make another decision and there'll be a different action. So I really encourage you to continually redecide. Yes, I want to be at this company. Yes, we should be using this recruiting form, firm or, or that program that you purchased. Yes, I still want to focus on that product or service. Yes, I want to stay in this marriage. Yes, I want to stay and use that supplier again. I want to be continue to be the local community church leader. You can always decide again, and this is healthy again. The primal brain feels threatened if it realizes it's going to be stuck in jail or it has that viewpoint. So re- let it relax by allowing yourself to redecide. One of the best techniques one of my teachers taught me long ago was to add for now on the end of any decision. It reduces the intensity and that the brain's feeling of this is a risk or a threat. Now, there are two mental mind shifts that need to occur in order to make decisions more easily. Most people do the exact opposite of what I'm about to tell you. The first is that most invest in a thought that decisions are right or they're wrong. They're good or they're bad. Understand this. Decisions are neutral. Decisions inform and provide direction of your next action. They are not coming laden with the title of good or bad right or wrong. And when you can make this shift, the decision isn't one way or the other, and you can go to the third space of this is of just neutrality, then you will find yourself being able to make them without hesitancy. For example, you have options when you choose a vacation spot. None are right or wrong. You go, you make the decision, you go to one, you like it, you don't like it. It informs your direction and your action in the future or even in the next step. Another example might be that someone wants to hire you for your services, whatever they are. Maybe it's a special project, consulting work, design, 
recruiting services, financial planning, whatever. Maybe it's your healthcare product. If you are like me, you're making a decision, do I want to take on this work? Do I want this project? The problem comes in when we believe that there's a right or wrong decision to be made. The decision itself is neutral. And once you make the decision, you will go forward and take the next action. You'll you'll get more information. Once it's decided, it's done. Many people come to me grieving a decision that they've made a long time ago that doesn't even exist because the past doesn't exist. And they are assigning a right or wrong to the decision. You made the decision. The only thing that matters is your next decision. And then your end that begets your next action. Here's the thing. When you can shift to a place that everything is happening exactly as it's meant to, and you're in the exact right spot regardless, you will move forward from where you are smarter and more deliberate to make the next solid decision. Again, you're, everything is happening to support your development and your involvement. Accept that, embrace that. Your decisions are really best when they come from I, an I want to see approach. Let's test it. Let's see where this takes us. Again, moving from right or wrong to neutral will change the pace at which you make them your decisions as well as the quality, believe it or not. This brings me to the second reason that we don't make decisions. And this may be more damaging and negatively impactful to making decisions. And that is that we make the decision mean something about us personally. We will tell ourselves that if this decision has this kind of an outcome, that means this about me. That means I'm bad. That means I'm not smart. That means I'm incompetent. That means I'm not enough. An example of this would be if I decide to buy a house and then the real estate market falls. One might say to themselves, who is do a lot of people do this, I am a foolish. I'm not smart. Maybe you purchase this particular program and you don't use it, then you might punish yourself or say that means I am wasteful with money. If you make a call to a prospective client and they don't return it, that if, if you might say I'm not important or I'm not liked. Notice that if you don't make this decision right or wrong and you don't make it mean anything about you, how easy it is to make the decision and, and take the action. He didn't call back and so it is. I don't like the program and so it is. My next step and my next decision is this. The best advice that I could probably ever provide regarding decision making at a real top level is to never make a decision based in fear. I see people all the time doing this, that they're making their first decision in fear, like I need to stay. I need to, I'm afraid to speak up in this place. And they make that decision and then the next decision is also steeped in fear. And then all of a sudden, they if there's a little little choo-choo train, they're way off the beaten path. They're up on the hill by themselves. They're not on their moving sidewalk of life. Always be sure to get yourself into a different state of mind Because when we make fear-based decisions, we beget more fear-based decisions. And this is how people become so off their moving sidewalk and they're, they're just their best journey. Here is a rule that both of these mental mind shifts really 
encapsulate. And it's something my mentor taught me. Nothing has meaning, but the meaning you give it. You get to decide what that meaning is. The person doesn't call me back. Ah, They're busy. It doesn't mean it wasn't a bad or good decision I made. It wasn't a, it doesn't mean my worth or my value is less or more. It is, it's neutral. It makes no difference. It's interesting to me that successful people do not make decisions mean something about them. They don't make it mean anything personal about them. They get the information from the decision and then they move on. And this is what separates successful and bold decision makers from those who want to be is that they simply see a decision, make a decision and move forward from it. They'd rather get it wrong so they can get information and adapt and change and take another action. It's called the ABCs. Action brings clarity, not sitting in your chair. Action always brings clarity. So taking the next action will make the next decision more clear. A lot of people come to me and they want step-by-step. They want to step-by-step to building a business. They want step-by-step to creating a marketing plan or how to be a millionaire or how to be more happy. And there, despite what many marketers will sell, is there is no step-by-step because as much as things can be provided, there you have to make decisions along the way. So your ability to make these good decisions and is what's really going to deliver on whatever, you know, whatever you've been provided, whether it's the how to build a business in a box or um, how to be happy in 90 days. You're going to have to make decisions along that, that way. Okay. Before we move on, be aware that if we did this deep dive, you would likely find that the reason you avoid making decisions is how hard you will be on yourself if you determine it wasn't a good decision, if you make them good or bad. So it's the combination of those two mindset shifts is why I point those out is because at the end of the day, what those are saving you from and what many do is are really cruel to themselves. And if you would just make the agreement to be nice to yourself, regardless, regardless of what happens, which means being unconditionally loving as opposed to loving with condition, it would be really easy to make decisions. Either way, I'm still going to love myself. Okay, let's go into a really practical tool, which I adore. It's four questions. I'll share all four of them, then I'll run you through an example. And I actually heard this from Dr. Ben Carson on a news program a couple years ago. And I don't know where he got it from, but and maybe he made it up. But it's, in essence, a risk-reward model but it does a couple other things. And when you actually ask these four questions and write down your responses to them, you will be amazed at the clarity they provide. So the first question, what is the worst thing that can happen if I make this decision? Remember, this always begins with a premise that you have a question or a decision to be made. And do I do this? Do I not do this? So the first question is, what's the worst thing that can happen if I made this decision? The second question is, what's the best thing that can happen if I made this decision? The third question is, what's the worst thing that can happen if I decide not to do this? What's the worst thing that can happen if I decide not to do this? The fourth question is, what's the best thing that can decide that can happen if I decide not to do this? 
So I'll run through this. Ultimately, like I said, this is a bit of a risk reward or cost benefit scenario, which is logical, more left brain. But what you're also doing in the process, which you'll see here in a minute, is that you're calming down your primal brain to get to, to not have to fight or flight because it can see if it can deal with the outcome of the scenario. So let's run through this with a client that I had recently. He was making the decision of attempting to go to market with a specific product. And he was deciding if they should take this particular one or not. So the first question was, what's the worst thing that can happen if you decide to take it to market? I don't like the product once I get it. People don't like it once they get it. It doesn't do well. I don't get my return on investment back. It took resources, time, energy, money to do it. Okay, that's the worst thing that could happen if he went forward. The second question is, what's the best thing that can happen if I make the decision to do this? I change the lives of thousands of people and regain financial stability for myself and my employees. Third question, what's the worst thing that can happen if I decide not to do this? I will never know and always wonder and might regret as I look back, is what he said. I'll remain in the same place and then I'll just have to seek another product or solution to my problem. Fourth question, what's the best thing that can happen if I decide not to do this? Best thing. I'm in the same place. I don't use the time and money. Ultimately, after answering these four questions, he was crystal clear instantaneously, I got to try. He was able to ask himself, can I deal with the worst case scenarios and is not the, the, the risk to not try and to be regretful was something that he wasn't willing to, to work with. So the questions can pull up Again, just very a lot of clarity. What's the worst thing? Because what happens ultimately in the brain is that in a within two seconds, there is an if-then loop that spins that says it, it, it will say, if I do this, and it goes to the absolute worst case scenario. And that's oftentimes can be as bad as death. It's like if this doesn't go, then I become indigent, poor, living under a a bridge, my family doesn't finish school, and it's over. That's really what actually happens. And that's what the primal brain will, will tell the story. And you don't even realize that it's happening. Our subconscious primal brain is making decisions seven seconds before we actually are. But by doing this type of questioning and bringing things to your prefrontal cortex, as opposed to your subconscious primal reptilian brain, you're able to evaluate and get real ultimately with something. My final tip in decision-making is that you have to set a time limit on your decision-making. You have to not let a decision go on for forever. So you can, I find the best way for me to do that is to say, I'm going to tell you or have a decision for you by noon on Friday. And when you socially um, have accountability, then you will also be able to 
just put a date on it, cut it off and make the decision. One of my favorite exercises, dare I add one more, is that it's called the bold decision maker. And it's very easy. You can make decisions, really good, big decisions within five minutes by tapping into and setting a step watch. You can set, I, what I often do is have people you know, write the decision that needs to be made. And then maybe they set up a stopwatch and take three minutes to write out all of the options that they have as answers or potential decisions um, to choose from. And then I'll have them reset it for one minute and circle the three options they could live with. And then I give them 30 seconds and then they circle the decision that they're willing to work on right now. The thing that is that they decide Try it sometime if you have a big decision. Give yourself it it can you can give it even less time, two minutes, then one minute, and then 30 seconds to circle the one decision. Allow your gut and the answers to come out without giving it a lot of emotion and confusion, which is what happens when we give it things too much time. Here's the thing: ultimately, we don't make decisions because we dis- assign discomfort to making the decision. And if you use these mental mind shifts, you will remove the discomfort. But understand this, regardless, you are going to either be uncomfortable not making the decision, or you're going to be uncomfortable making it. And wouldn't you rather be uncomfortable making progress, moving and learning and living boldly than sitting stagnant and indecision? The cognitive dissonance, the pain, the frustration is because you're not making a decision. So it's more comfortable, it's better to be uncomfortable doing something. Know that indecision is a decision not to decide, as I said, and you've got to own that. And the final question to ask yourself is the identity of the person that you want to become is one of their characteristics or qualities indecisive? Probably not. Embrace the identity of being a bold decision maker. In fact, walk around to call yourself. You're like, I'm a bold decision maker. Sit at a table in your office. It's like, well, I'm a bold decision maker. Let's go. Regardless of a decision's outcome, it's happening just as it's meant to be. Let go of attachment and giving meaning to an outcome. Remember that you can and will be happy regardless of the outcome because it's your choice to be happy. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to assign it any meaning to take yourself out of happiness. It makes decision-making really easy. I have to go pick out some new countertops later for some bathrooms. And it's going to be easy because whatever decision I will make, I will be happy. Right now, I encourage you to make a list of all the decisions you're making. It could, could be from buying a new couch to broaching your spouse on a sensitive topic to hiring a new person to signing up for a program, to taking a trip before the summer ends, write them all down, and then run through them with these three steps in the bold leader decision-making cycle. And then notice your regained energy and clarity and progress. And then let me know about it. I heard this quote from an author, Bob Goff, G-O-F-F, his got a book, that I have not read. But when I heard him talking, he said something that resonated with me. He said, I'm going to fail trying. I'm not going to fail watching. 
not making decisions is failing watching. As you listen to this, you're already seeing how much easier decision making can be. And if you have friends or colleagues or family members who could benefit from this episode, please forward them this episode. By doing so, you're helping us create more bold leaders. And that is desperately what the world needs. I look forward to talking to you soon. Have an absolutely delightful week and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 